It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland. Ghostly greetings from your host, Jonathan. 31 days of Halloween. <laughs> Which witch is which? Well, a warlock told you that the witch witch is this one over here. Okay, enough fooling around. Here are some notorious witches and warlocks from the past. Mal Dyer was a 17th century woman who lived in St. Mary's County, Maryland. Many things about her were shrouded in mystery, but she was known to be a strange woman. An herbal healer, an outcast who survived mostly through generosity of others, she was eventually accused of witchcraft. She fled into the woods and was not seen for several days until a local boy found her body. Maldara was frozen to a large rock in a kneeling position, with one hand raised to curse the men who had attacked her. Her knees had left permanent impressions on the stone. The villagers quickly found out that they had been harassing the wrong woman. Or, since they had accused her of witchcraft, the right woman, Maldara's curse fell upon the area for centuries, causing cold winters and epidemic. Her ghost, often accompanied by various strange spectral animals, has been seen many times and is still said to haunt the area. Her eerie reputation eventually served as inspiration for the movie The Blair Witch Project. Although Maldara is an influential folk figure in American witchcraft, reliable historical evidence of her existence is scarce, though. George Peckingill sounds as though he walked straight out of a horror story in old Harry Potter book. <laughs> a tall, frightening 19th century man with a hostile demeanor and long, sharp fingernails, he was famously cunning, a practitioner of folk magic. Old George, as he was commonly known as a farm worker who claimed to be a hereditary witch, according to him, his magical ancestry could be traced all the way back to the 11th century, and the witch Julia Peckingill, who was a sort of magical assistant to a local ward, lord. Peking Gill was a vile, unlikable man who often terrorized the other villagers for money and beer. Eh, sounds like some friends I had. However, he was respected as well as feared. He was said to be a skilled healer and occasionally settled disputes between villagers. In occult circles, Peking Gill was a superstar, essentially the Aleister Crowley of his time. He was recognized as an acolyte of the ancient horn god, frequent ally to Satanists, and the foremost authority on magical arts. Because you know, what better time of year to talk about Satanists? As much, his counsel has widely sought by often other people and other witches. However, the authority was somewhat spoiled by the fact that Peckingill was a bit of a bigot. He would only endorse a coven if its members could prove they were a pure white witch lineage and something of a sexist as well. All the work in his covens was done by women, who also had to submit to some fairly unsavory practices. Hmm, we'll just leave it at that. Talk about Alice Keitler. Keitler. For a long time, Ireland was more relaxed about witchcraft than mainland Europe. However, witch hunts eventually arrived there too. One of the first and most notorious victims of these changing attitudes was Dame Alice Keitler, a wealthy moneylender whose husband had a nasty habit of dying and leaving everything to her. <laughs> when husband number four started to feel sickly and his fingernails began to drop off, his children smelled a rat, especially when they found out he was just about to sign a will that would leave everything to her. In 1324, church officials put Dame Alice on trial for heading a secret society of heretical sorcerers. She was not only the first witch to be accused on Irish soil, but also the first who had been directly accused of relations with an incubus. Authorities attempted to charge and imprison her multiple times. However, Dame Alice had many allies and always managed to escape. Cattellar eventually disappeared, leaving her servant and her son to be charged in her stead. She is said to have fled to England, where she lived in luxury for the rest of her life and days. Whether she actually dabbled in the dark arts or not, she is remembered to this day as the first witch in Ireland. Very, very 
interesting. Alphonse Louise Constant was better known to the name, well, Alphaeus Levizad, which he claimed was his birth name translated into Hebrew. He was the man largely responsible for the mystical arts as they are known today. During the 19th century, he distilled a number of belief systems from Christianity and Judaism to fringe beliefs such as tarot and writings of historical alchemists into a strange hybrid that became known as occultism. A trained theologist who became a priest, Levi was always more of a scholar than a practicing musician, though. Still, he was extremely charismatic and had vast knowledge in many areas of magic. He authored many books of ritual mag magic as well. He was particularly known for his work with Baphomet, the gargoyle-like entity allegedly worshipped by the Knights Templar. Very, very interesting. And how can we go any further? Well, one of the most notorious witches who ever lived, Agnes Waterhouse, commonly known as Mother Waterhouse, was one of the most famous witches in England. The crimes she was focused on were pretty heinous as well. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that she was put to the case. Two other witches stood trial for dallying with the devil, cursing people, and even causing bodily harm, and multiple deaths thought their black magic were responsible for. And guess who was leading it all? Mother Waterhouse. The strange thing about the case was that the church had nothing to do with accusing Agnes. She was the first English witch sentenced to death by a secular court. In her testimony, Agnes freely admitted to practicing the dark arts and devil worship. She owned a cat she called Satan, which she claimed to have sent to kill her enemies, livestock, and on occasion the enemies themselves. She was unrepentant, stating that Satan had told her she would die by hanging or burning and there was not a lot she could do about it. Mother Waterhouse was indeed sentenced to hang for her crimes, despite the fact that she and two other witches facing similar charges were left off lightly. One was found not guilty, the other sentenced to a year in prison, although later changes led to her death. Her satanic bravado didn't last for as long as other sentencing, though. On her way to the gallows, Waterhouse made one last confession. She had once failed to kill a man because his strong belief in God had prevented Satan from touching him. She went to her death praying for God's forgiveness. Oh, boy. Oh, so there you go. Boy. Are we sure we want to dress up as witches for Halloween? Like, I'm afraid we might get burned at the stake this year, honestly. <laughs> guys, I hope you guys are enjoying 31 Days of Halloween. I'm the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. is so happy to have you guys here, and so am I. I hope to see you guys tomorrow for another installment. Take care, guys. Attention all Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio listeners. The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast brings you the best in East Coast esoterica on the first of every month. Together, we can keep it growing by sharing the show on social media, subscribing to the show wherever you may be listening to it from, and by leaving feedback about your favorite episodes. John certainly needs a friend like you to help make his dreams come true. Minus the alien abduction dreams. That is not cool at all. The Odd to New Finland Paranormal Podcast. Always available. Always free. Always odd.